this is the player I'm going to get mad at you guys about, just so, you know, steal yourself. Failure. You take it very personally. You shame me, guys. You shame me. Uh-oh. Tell me why I'm wrong. So I'm just going with my heart over my head, because my head is stupid anyway. It's a sight for sore eyes. Oh, that's just dumb, though. I've never been proven more wrong in my life so quickly and so dramatically. Recording! June 13th, 2022. You are listening to this on June 15th, 2022. It is the sixth podcast of the year. Featuring Snap Wilson, Robococo, MJ Tolliver. So I understand the weather's bad in your area, guys. How you do? How you holding up? What Becky say? <laughs> Bunker <laughs> mentality? <laughs> the way the tornado has been coming through here, yeah. Bunker mentality right Oh now. my goodness. The first storm actually did produce a tornado here. So I don't know. And I don't, I don't like uh, storms mixing with hot air. Like we're what eighty degrees today, and supposed to be ninety like in two days. So, yeah, I don't like when storms come through with that type of heat. It's it's never a good combination. Becky, how you doing? I'm okay. I, the tornado right. just passed through here. It was funny because I was walking home from work. Uh, talked to my mom on the phone. She's like, "Oh, isn't it supposed to storm today?" I'm like, "Oh, I don't know. It's like beautiful here right now. It's a little hot, but it's a great." And then I get in the house, and 15 minutes later, I have tornado warnings on my phone. Um, but that's passed through, and it's on its way to MJ now. It's on its way to MJ. Okay, well, we'll try and sneak this podcast in between. I'm going to try to assist that to Ohio. <laughs> I told the tornado to say hi. Well, well, how fitting that you guys are experiencing storms today, because the topic for today's week sauce is the Seattle storm. Just think if we were talking about the wizards, we would have like a Hogwarts invasion in the Midwest. That would have been something. This is no pun intended, ladies and gentlemen. Radio <laughs> is giving it to you 100% truth. <laughs> it was storming, that's, storming yeah, that's, with the that's storm. Fitting. That's very fitting. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that is our, our, our week sauce uh, segment for our emptying the bench. We are going to fix all of the problems with WNBA broadcasts in about, I don't know, 10 to 15 minutes or so. <laughs> we have ways to improve WNBA broadcasts uh, that, you know, if, if they listen to us, then they'll be a lot better because the Liberty listened to us and look where they are now. All right. First of all, I'd like to say happy Juneteenth to everybody out there. It is a celebration of the emancipation of Black Americans from slavery. Uh, federal holiday on the 20th. I hope you all enjoy it. And yes, yes, indeed. That's another day off, right? <laughs> another day off. As far as I know, I don't know if I get that day off, but you know, I will be celebrating uh, anyway. Shout out to America for doing this and thank you for another holiday. <laughs> well done. Well finally, <laughs> finally freeing the slaves. Capital job. Uh, WNBA News, Derek Fisher is out of the sparks. I had a, like a few things to say about this, but it happened on Tuesday and that's that's like a week ago and I stopped caring. Derek Fisher is out as the head coach of the LA Sparks. I don't think anybody here particularly misses him. Fred Williams, AKA Freddie Bass, that's actually his musician name, has taken over. Uh, they went and played the, the Las Vegas Aces, the only game that either team played this week. And he did a lot of the same things that Derek Fisher did. So I don't know. I think Kennedy Carter got a few more minutes, but basically a lot of uh, Jordan Canada and Brittany Sykes playing together and neither one wanting to take a shot. And Liz went from 13 minutes, which which seemed really weird, all the way up to 19. So 
I, I, I couldn't tell you. Bring back Taya Cooper. Yeah, <laughs> bring, bring back Taya. Somebody, somebody bring back Taya Cooper. Uh, I, this is going to be on airing on a Wednesday, by which point this uh, yesterday for us, Sunday, will probably have left your mind. But what a day it was. Can I interject? There. Oh, please. Happy birthday, Maya Moore. Happy birthday, Maya Moore. I'm like an avid fan. I'm sorry. I had to throw that in. Wherever you are, happy birthday. Congratulations to also to Penny Taylor for making the, the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, and she spoke out and, and said uh, she, she peti petitioned for Brittany Griner's freedom. Yes. Penny Taylor is like that. Um, but anyway, yesterday for us, uh, this four days before for you, you probably stopped caring, but whatever. It was great. Sunday was fabulous. Uh, we had an A-plus Chicago Sky New York Liberty game that if you have not gone, gone and watched it and you have League Pass, go back and watch it. It was fantastic. A uh, really good game. Came down to the wire. Spoiler alert, one by Courtney Vandersloot with 0.09 seconds left. Uh, Three-point shot. Yeah, Sloot. A pass of the year from Marina Johannes to Steph Dolson. Just a beautiful behind-the-back, no look. That The spiral on the ball was what like I keep staring at, the way that it came off of her hand and just like, zipped through the air it was really really great i think it was azure stevens who was kind of behind her and momentarily just kind of got lost and like wait, wait the the ball came out that way that was weird and steph thankfully cashed it in uh because that would have been one of the most the wasted opportunities of all time if she had not made that shot um what else uh oh yeah uh sabrina Ionescu, uh triple double by the third quarter that was something uh and she has i think the there's only been three Triple doubles that were 20 points were scored. One was by Lisa Leslie, and her triple double involved blocks instead of assists. And Sabrina has the other two 20 point, uh, point rebound assist, triple doubles. Hooray for her. This is petty. She is also the only triple double where, the, where she lost the game. Uh, no, she, there was another one. There was? Tameka oh. Johnson. Yeah. Uh, okay. She was Someone the only on one who got lost in, in regulation, <laughs> but Tameka Johnson lost in overtime. So I see. I see. you can be petty okay. about that. That's okay. I mean, think <laughs> about it. You're like one of the two teams that has won while the other team had a player with a triple double. Look at it. Positive. Yeah. There you go. Devin Booker things. Not a triple double. Oh, right, double, right. Though. Yeah. That 70 yeah. point game. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then who was it? I forgot which uh, announcer announced that they, they didn't award Avery Bradley <laughs> all defense and he didn't even play in that game, but he said it was because of that game. Oh my gosh. Anyway, we're, we're a lot better than a lot of people who actually cover the, the NBA. <laughs> we actually think about stuff. Uh, beyond that, uh, speaking of Juneteenth, Dallas, they, they don't often do things right, but they, they did really well in this. And I, I don't know if it, if it made it to League Pass or not, but if you watched it, it was great. They had a tribute to Opal Lee, who is called the grandmother of Juneteenth. She is an amazing woman and it was awesome to see a tribute to her. They had a halftime interview with her that was terrific. If it's out there on League Pass, there's, there's a reason to watch that game. That game was pretty good, too. Uh, Arike got kicked out for trying to play soccer at a basketball game. Unfortunately, Satu <laughs> got hurt. Uh, the, the Seattle Storm barely won a game where, where Dallas was missing three of their four best players for the entire fourth quarter. I think that's, that's a problem, which we're going to be discussing in regards to the Storm. The other... The other sort of news, maybe I'm the only one who thought it was news, but a lot of people on Twitter took the interest when I pointed it out, is the WNBA's 
big partner Coinbase is going through it right now. There has been a vote to from the employees to uh, a lack of uh, no confidence for three of the executives. The founder shot back and and said basically on Twitter, if you don't like it, you can leave and then offered a package for people to leave and 60 people took him up on it. Apparently they're, they are failing to do whatever it is that Coinbase does. They, they are trying to launch a bunch of products that I guarantee you don't care about and I don't care about, and they are doing it very, very badly. The one thing that they do that does really kind of suck is they have rescinded a number of offers uh, for people. And many of them are coming to this country on STEM option visas which only have a 90-day grace period of unemployment. So they've come here with an offer letter, they've rented homes, and then all of a sudden the offer gets yanked. And they've done this to a lot of people, and that's part of the reason why the employees are so upset because it's just a, a horrible thing to do to somebody. So anyway, their CEO is a jerk. <laughs> so he's probably not sponsoring this podcast anyway. And um, yeah, they suck. Uh, and the reason why... You should care as a WNBA fan. It doesn't really have an impact as far as in terms of of their relationship with the WNBA. But what Kathy has been going on and holding these holding these interviews during games, whenever they're on national television, to tell us about is how she's trying to change the valuation of teams and trying to convince everybody that they are worth forty times more or twenty times more than they get sold for. And part of that is is the strength of their partnerships because they need to be able and say, yes, look, we are worth it because we have this platform and we have women who have a wide mass appeal. And you need to be able to point to your partners and say, look, these are the people who are interested in us. We have a deal with Nike. It's a crummy deal, granted, for the, for the WNBA, but they have a partnership with Nike, which means that Nike is interested in their product and pushing forward with it. Uh, so when you partner with a company that looks like a giant train wreck, that really hurts it. And it is the kind of thing that looks bad when you are trying to go and sell the WNBA as a brand. Uh, that's why you should care. I mean, it doesn't really affect you or I in any other meaningful way. But if if we want Kathy to be able to convince everybody that that the teams are worth $40 million instead of 2 million, then that matters. And that's it. Go off radio. <laughs> oh, I was a lot angrier before I had to be on a six hour strike call. It's kind of taken a little bit out of me. <laughs> that was a good segment. All right. Thank you. Uh, six player report. Had a few good uh, performances from this past week. Nikolina Milic had her second really good game of the season. She scored 23 points on 11 or 19 shooting, six rebounds, three assists. Izzy Harrison against Seattle, 19 points on seven of 10 shooting, six rebounds, three steals. Our girl, Han Shu, Han Gang forever, 16 yes, yes. points. Yeah, six of eight, two for two from three, five rebounds, two block shots. Brianna Jones, as usual, always tearing it up. A couple of good games. Uh, 18 points, nine rebounds, six offensive rebounds, three assists against Indy. 20 points and five rebounds against uh, Chicago. Our girl, Rebecca Gardner, who we have a lot more to say about here. 14 points on five of eight, five rebounds, three steals, two block shots against Connecticut. Big time performance against a big team. Another great sixth uh, woman candidate, Shea Petty against... Uh, this is against Washington. Yeah, that's right. She's with Phoenix, not with Washington anymore. 12 points, four or five field goal, three assists, three steals. Dijanae Carrington against Indy. A lot of teams seem to like 
go off against Indy. <laughs> maybe maybe we should reduce the. Yeah, the, it's it's the, four uh, games against Indy. I noticed that too. So I'm yeah, yeah, game, yeah. Huh? So Dijonay, twelve points, five and five from the floor, four rebounds, three steals, and then Maureen Johans. I'm so happy to have her back in the league. Eleven points, six assists, of course, against Indy. The assistant, the 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 marvelous assistant, in Chicago was her only assist of the game just kind of kind of nuts to think about and that's it if you if you missed any of the games this this uh, past sunday definitely check out chicago new york also would check out indy minnesota just to see ariel powers <laughs> just absolutely lose her mind in yes. that game that was fun she got she got run over by i forgot who it was but she got run over blindsided by a player got up didn't know who the player was so just started shoving everybody <laughs> everybody in a fever jersey within reach shoved daniel robinson went after an Alyssa smith i think she thought that Alyssa was the one who ran her over the refs did not help they did not call what was an obvious foul uh and uh then she got a tech and indy somehow got two techs out of the deal and then she missed her her tech shot and then she also just started pumping up the crowd like she was a WWE wrestler. <laughs> Perfect. No notes. No, no notes. 1010, Ariel Powers, you're the player of the week. <laughs> just, yes, she was marvelous. As, um, as far as the six-player report, Brianna Jones <laughs> is the six-player of the week. Yeah. Uh, Brianna Jones is, is, I think, first, play, first place for six-player of the year. But there are a lot of other good candidates out there. Hanshu, of course, is, is Hanshu, and she's just doesn't seem to, to do it game after game. She's always good. I know Becky has a fondness for Rebecca Gardner, and that is not unwarranted because Rebecca Gardner is looking like an all defense player for one thing. She is definitely one of the best defensive perimeter players uh, playing right now. So it only comes down to how you feel about minutes in terms of her making the team or not, but she is definitely playing well enough to merit that. I forgot what her true shooting percentage was, but it is astronomical because she only takes good shots. She's like the anti Arike. And, and only Becky, takes... Becky is why I drafted her in the fantasy draft. There you go. Her? Nice. Yes. yes. Smart. Nice. Yes. Yeah. She's, ooh. Yeah. I had to. And she's like, James Wade trusted her. She was playing um, the final minutes down the stretch against Connecticut. And she, As she had, should like, have. She came up with the steal. Like, yeah. The game steal. Have. So. I think even like I was looking at her stats, I'm like, I don't think these even reflect how just all over the court she is or how she, it feels yeah. like she's everywhere, getting rebounds, just like getting deflections. She's a little She's medicine. definitely going to close a lot more games uh, for the Chicago Sky. She brings she brings something. Our, our good buddies over at the Double Down WNBA had a nice podcast today about uh, beyond the stats players something yep, like there that are no stats just vibes podcast yeah no stats just vibes <laughs> well rebecca gardner is full of vibes because they mentioned her as well uh i think her stats are actually pretty good <laughs> i don't i don't know that she's no stats her stats are great actually yeah. but she's um yeah she's she's playing phenomenal she's definitely uh worthy of an all defense consideration if you're not hung up on minutes um and she's gonna play probably play a bigger role going forward because she does a lot of things that i don't think are replicated anywhere else on the sky especially in terms of their perimeter players. So shout out, Rebecca Gardner. We like you. You are officially a sixth pod cast of the year favorite. Let's go. Now, let's talk about the Seattle Storm. So, Becky, I noticed that you did uh, you did some research on this <laughs> with a, a very hilarious uh, tweet, uh, meme tweet about watching, uh, having to watch the second half of, of Storm games. 
I'll just drop just a, a tiny bit of stats. We're not so much concerned about defense. They're great defensively. Uh, they're second in the league. I think they were first prior to this two-game stand against Dallas, and then they kind of Dallas d- d- seems to kind of have their number a little bit offensively, at least. They seem to be able to score against the Storm pretty well, and that that goes back to last year. Um, but they're eighth on offense, which is very very unStorm-like, and they are especially bad in the half court. Synergy Sports lists them, I believe, eleventh in efficiency, 0.828 points per possession in the half court. They are oddly first in transition. So when they get out in transition, they're great. 1.224 points, uh, as you would expect, transition is is scoring points in transition is much easier than doing it in the half court. But when they get into the half court, they are supremely awful. What did you notice in the games that you watched of theirs? Who going first, me or Coco? I just uh, I, I, I see I, the floor. I Whoever still, wants I it, I still see the same thing that I said from the beginning of the season that mm-hmm. they're going through personality disorder. They don't know who they want to be. Sue Bird is back, and she's like assisting the team. She's like facilitating now, but they they do not have an identity yet. Plus, Mercedes Russell just came back too, so mm-hmm. that plus adjusting to the new coach and. They have to figure things out, and I don't think it's been enough time because so many in and outs of the lineup, and, you know, they got mm-hmm. three good, really good players on the team that they can play through. So it's just trying to figure out who's – it's figuring out a hierarchy for me. Okay. What you got, Coco? I have a couple stats notes we can get to mm-hmm. in a bit, but I find them kind of – boring and i know i don't know that that's not like high level analysis you know what you know what this is not about stats this is about vibes and store yeah your vibes are 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 not vibing right now you know (laughs) i've been watching a lot of the nba playoffs and in halftime it's just like men screaming like he should score more so i feel a lot more empowered to make my (laughs) on this podcast based on what those people are being paid. And like, <laughs> right, right. For real. I found myself oh when my I'm God. watching the storm, I'm like, okay, we're doing a podcast of the storm. I'm going to pay attention. And then all my notes are like, oh, here's 12 interesting things Dallas is doing. Like I, <laughs> um, they are a very, you know, they seem like a relatively competent team. <laughs> I think Gabby's really fun to watch on defense. Mm-hmm. Her defensive stats look really good, but also just like, she is, she is she can't great. Shoot. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, she can't shoot. Okay. But All right. yeah. I'm, I'm saying on defense, like she's one of those players where you can't capture in the stat sheet the way how the, like, no shot even gets off because she's dead defending them. So there's no steal. Yes, there's she, no block. It's just like they can't get a shot off because she's such a good defender. She switches really She's another really one well. who deserves that all-defense nod, 100%. Yeah. So she, I think, is the most fun to watch on the team for me. And I just, I'm always praying that her shots go in so we can kind of move that percentage up a little bit. The Lord has been saving your your prayers for something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just want all the Sky players to individually succeed on every team. And so maybe there's only so much you can do at once. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with, maybe that's coming from what MJ says, kind of like lacking identity, lacking a gelling thing. Because I don't, I don't know, vibes aren't great. They're very meh to me. Yeah. 
I, I could, would you like to hear my more statistical take? Uh-oh. Oh, I, uh-oh. Take I find you killed the statistics the, the, the on, last time, so let's do it. Okay, let me pull up my notes. So I found it really interesting. They're second in defense, eighth in offense. What they're worst at, they're 12th in rebounding, 12th in rebounding percentage, 11th in opponent second chance points. Like, oh. why aren't they rebounding? That is <laughs> a good question. They need to rebound. Um, I was thinking. I wonder how much of that is Ezzy when, when Ezzy was out and if it's gone up with, with her back in the lineup. And Mercedes Russell is back. Sure. But she hasn't played yeah. very she, much and yet. She's not no. getting rebounds either. Yeah. So that was because I was like looking through everything. I'm like, okay, the defense looks really good. Great in steals and blocks. They're not turning it over. They have a great assists. They're Opponents aren't getting points off turnovers because they're not turning it over. Their shooting's a little mediocre, but they're bad at rebounding. Yeah, and that's a key part of the game, too. They need that. Rebounding is an important part of the game. Yeah. I can shout it's, it. It's, it's basically defense, to be honest. Well, their defense has been okay. I mean, so the rebound isn't isn't hurting them that much. They are they are 10th in uh, opposing opponent. Uh, offensive uh, rebound percentage which means they're allowing a lot of second chance points but they're still they're 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 keeping opponents from actually making shots and they don't foul which is a big part of that and they're first in turnovers which is also i'm sure in in no small part due to gabby just being a terror in that regard yeah, yeah so how do they turn around they're not the offense turn it over yeah. but how do they turn around the it's, rebounding it's and the take, offense in general uh, yeah the offense is going to take time, probably seven more games. But that's a lot of the season. I'm that's a lot. <laughs> it it is, but I mean, they got time. They got time. So let me let me expand a little bit upon the offensive woes, according to our good our good site synergy, which breaks things down for us a lot. Uh, so the three main uh, methods, the three main types of plays that every team has, uh, are spot ups, pick and roll ball handler, and transition. We already have said they're really great in transition. Uh, the spot up game is eight. Uh, they're just they're just not shooting out of these sets very well, uh, and I kind of have a theory on that, backed up by a little bit of watching video evidence. The one area that really surprised me is the pick and roll ball handling, uh, creating opportunities for the scorer. They're dead last, and it is so bad. Zero point six five one points per possession. Uh, that's that's like shooting what, what is that that yeah that's like shooting 22 percent from from three that's about the equivalent of that or 43 percent from from two it's about the same the same rate so when they're in when they're when they're in the, the pick and roll and by far the the two who do the most pick and roll ball handling on the team is is pretty easy to guess is uh, Jewel Lloyd and Sue Bird. Oh, I guess, I guess, uh, and um, a little bit of Brianna, but it's, no, it's Jewel Lloyd has 100 uh, or 76 opportunities. She's at 632, so she's not very far above that. Uh, 34th percentile in the league. It's not really her game either. She's very, very average uh, handling, doing pick and roll herself. Uh, it's been adequate before, but it's it's getting really squeezed now. Uh, Epiphany Prince is second in in total possessions, just t- two ahead of Sue Bird, 
by the way, um, not too far ahead. She's doing great. Epiphany Prince is doing fine. 1.138 points per possession out of the pick and roll. Sue Bird has had 27 possessions out of the pick and roll, and it's resulted in a total of 10 points. That's the seventh percentile in the league. It is dastardly bad. 0.37 points per possession when Sue Bird is handling the ball. Ooh, we out of the pick and roll. Well, what? how how does she have the most? I'm sorry, Coco, go ahead. Oh, no, mine's I just also no, like, how first, is that happening? Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming she didn't used to be this bad at pick and roll. Like, no, she's, in watching she's one the, of the film, best. <laughs> yeah, yep. in watching the film, what do you think is going, like, uh, going awry? It's a very good question. It, it seems like when they're generating it and trying to get their own shots out of it, and part of that, I think, has to do uh, with kind of the uh, drop in in three-point shooting. Like the best way for a ball handler at a pick and roll to get points is to to either curl around a screen if somebody's chasing you and take a take a three off the dribble, open, th- open three off the dribble, or just to stop dribbling it if they go under and then take the shot. And uh, we've kind of, if you if you haven't been paying attention to it, you would realize that um, the the shooting has has not been there for them so far. They're, they're they've been kind of inefficient. I think mostly for Jewel Lloyd, it has been her going into, you know, trying to trying to go into the lane, get ISO. a shot. Yeah, yeah. a lot of yeah. ISO. not necessarily ISO because she's using a screen, but at the same time, uh, her her uh, two point percentage is only 45%. Um, three point percentage itself is pretty good, but I think most of that success is coming off of action from somebody else where she's getting spot ups. Sue Bird is at 37%. She's doing fine. When she's shooting twos, trying to get into the lane and get shots, 238. She's shooting 238 from, from two point range. Um, I think part of that is for Sue is just kind of the decline. The legs are not what they were. She can't get the lift or the spacing trying to do things off the bounce like that are just not working out for her. Um, also, I do think this is, and this is kind of an area. It's very, very interesting. And I, I promise, I promise you, Becky, I have good things to say about Gabby coming up, but the squeezing is spaced when she's out on the floor. She is one player you can leave alone. I do think that's impacting the other perimeter players when they're trying to generate offense in the paint because it's one player you can just leave alone out there and just say, go ahead, take, take the shot. I think that's part of it is, is just that the squeezing is a little spaced with Gabby out there. I'm not saying she's not the best option because it's really not getting so much better with anybody else in that spot either. Stephanie Talbot has, has struggled. I wonder how much of that has been the health and safety protocols that she had to go through, but she's shooting 29% from three right now. She is not necessarily a much better option and she isn't anywhere on Gabby's level on the defensive end. And then the other ones, Epiphany Prince and, and Brian January are not necessarily that role that she's occupying because she's guarding bigger players and she's providing rim protection, et cetera, et cetera. Brian January is a terrific defensive player but she's not going to be doing all that. And that's kind of what they need with Sue and Jewel out there, both smaller players, smaller guards who don't necessarily scale up when they have to guard bigger players. I, I, I guess with Sue, that's an understatement. <laughs> it's probably the understatement of the year that she's not going to be able to guard bigger players. 
So they need that defensive presence out there, you know, the what they used to have in Alicia Clark. But will they have they have Alicia Clark on the defensive end kind of in Gabby, but the then she doesn't have a shot and she is definitely a player that others are going to play off of and squeeze that spacing. Uh, that's that is my reading of it right now. I was uh, they suggested uh, again on the the double down podcast that they want to see what happens if you swap her with Stephanie Talbot. But Stephanie Talbot needs to be hitting her shots for that to work. Otherwise, I don't think you're really getting any better. And in some ways, you're probably getting worse because she isn't the passer that Gabby is either. Uh, it's one thing. Uh, one thing that Gabby has does really well on on the offense is I think that she has developed a lot of chemistry with Brianna Stewart. In terms of, you know, Stewart Stewie knows where to find her on those cuts like right away. It's it's almost like they've well they're both UConn but they like they've been playing together recently a lot. That's that's what it feels like. And Gabby makes really great passes off of those cuts when when she's being cut off at the rim and she manages to find people on the outside. And you can you can it's it's not as big a risk to play her if you have four other shooters, which they do in their starting lineup. If Ezzy is able to hit threes the way that she has, because the other the other three can all shoot threes. So it's not it's not as much of a problem. But if you're expecting somebody else to if they're being run off the line and then they're going in, they're probably going to receive a lot more resistance uh, in the two point range from whoever is playing off of Gabby. Okay. Does that make so, sense? Yeah. What, what do you two make of their three game win streak then? Is it, uh, is it meaningful or is it not? Because it's against two Dallas, <laughs> you know, Dallas twice. Does that matter? Like in, you know, the team developing, like figuring out an identity, as I said, or is it because they're only playing against those lower uh, level teams that well, Dallas isn't that bad, right? Dallas is, is no, a, Dallas is nice. Yeah, they're 500 <laughs> above 500 team. They've got a lot left for them. I, told uh, you I, goodbye. <laughs> I think this last game. Uh, wasn't as much of a showcase for Seattle. It's not something you can point to with pride and say, all right, well, you beat Dallas and they're the only one of their four best players that was on the floor at the end was Alicia Gray. Right. So, I mean, it's just, yeah, I, nothing, nothing really to get excited about there. Um, it beats, it beats losing to them. <laughs> right. Yeah. The way they, they played the the game before that they, uh, that they played against them where they they scored something like 48 points the entire game that was horrible so <laughs> this is this is a, a marked improvement but it was also that first game especially was dallas's defense was absolutely horrible inside they were playing a wat career in crunch time i love a wat career i think she's going to wind up being a great player she is no kind of defender at all right now and brianna stewart was just absolutely feasting every time she was matched up against her. That's, that's another yeah, thing. It's like, couldn't guard her without fouling her. Exactly. Right. <laughs> we, we will, we will take Vicki Johnson to task for a lot of her decisions on a different podcast. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was, I think that proved ideal just because it was like, all right, we don't have Bella Allery out there. Not that Bella was particularly successful against Brianna either, but putting a whack career out there in crunch time, which happened in both games, uh, and I think the second time was basically because they didn't have a choice, but the first time you were wondering what they were doing was it just 
it didn't work. And she just kept her out there and, and poor Owak got just got eaten up. Or like, out there to the wolves. Throw yeah. it to the wolves and let her learn what's coming. Yeah. <laughs> right. See, here's the problem. I just want to talk about Dallas Wings now. Like so many. Yeah, right. See, them. that's it. Roll, roll. <laughs> we have to talk about the storm instead. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. Oh my God. Um, so yeah, it's just uh I think is it's not meaningless, but it's not also also not an indicator that they are where we would expect them to be with the championship contention. I do have one very positive thing to say about about them is that they have the starting lineup of of Sue Bird and Brianna Stewart and Ezzy Magbagor, Gabby Williams, and Jewel Lloyd has the best net rating for any high minutes lineup out there, even higher than the Aces. They're at plus 22.1 per 100 possessions, which is just kind of, it shows how well that lineup works together. Somebody was, somebody brought up in Twitter that, that they were, you know, that, that they were starting to doubt them. And M Adler said she only trusts them from, from in the first quarter and at crunch time. And that's when that lineup is out there. The lineup is also out there at the beginning of the second half, but they don't also don't have as much time to prepare. And they're also gearing their their substitution patterns around getting their their that lineup out there at crunch time. So when that lineup is out there, they're doing great. Uh, I don't know that it's going to hold up necessarily, and that's part of the Gabby equation that worries me a little bit. It is a really really interesting uh, kind of like a a a test of how good can you be with a non-shooting perimeter player? How good can your lineup be? They're, they're, they're starting to answer that question a little bit. I do think that teams are eventually going to kind of figure out how to work around the Gabby thing to do the other ones. She's making up for it currently. Every time she's left off the ball, she's finds a way to make something happen with her passing or with, or in some other way. And of course she's a defensive terror. So it kind of pays to, to have her out there anyway. Um, the the ability to play in such a lineup and to be so successful is is really a point in her favor, as much as I criticize her for her lack of shooting. Rightfully so. It surprises me that their starting lineup is so good because I think of their they have a a pretty solid bench. So which is the, yeah the drop off is surprising because I, I think of like. I think Brian January has slotted in really well. Piffett's had the hot hand for a while. Now mm-hmm. Mercedes Russell's coming off the bench, which is, I'm not sure if that's going to continue or if she's going to flip with Ezzy at some point. Well, Ezzy's playing like an all-star. I don't think you can take away her spot now. Yeah, no, that it's surprising though, because, mm. you know, Mercedes Russell you know, earned that contract. Yep, um, it's true. So <laughs> after they tried to do her dirty and, and get Steph Dolson and said, <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's going to take time, time and culture. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that that, that net rating is going to hold up, but at the same time, it is kind of encouraging to at least see when they got their five, five best players. And I think they're the five, the, the four best aside from Brianna that helped Brianna work. Brianna's playing like a monster. And I think part of that is she has to <laughs> for this team to succeed. I feel like it's, it's coaching. Like they got a new coach. Their players have been in and out of the lineup. Mercedes Russell is coming back. Pretty much what I said the first time. And it's, it's going to take them time to gel all that together, especially dealing with 
you got three players that really could you could play through. So I think it's an ego problem in Seattle, honestly. And oh, and, an ego problem. Who's got I the mean, ego, do you but, think? But not but not problematic. Like mm, it's okay. an ego problem, but not problematic. They're trying to figure out who they're gonna play through between Jewel Lloyd, Sue Bird, Brianna Stewart. Sue Bird is like she's still getting her feet under her. She's facilitating, but it's it's not everything. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not enough to. I mean, they just they did just go on a three game winning streak though. I I won't um, deny that from them because especially when you go against a team twice back to back, it's almost like a playoff setting. You get to prepare for them. You get to game plan for them at least by the second game. And the fact that they didn't, you know, they didn't lose. I just feel like well. Maybe this is a confidence builder for them. Maybe this is something that uh, helps them also realize whatever perspective or personality that they're going with, and they go from there and and see what it does. And then from there, you know, still dealing with three players that can pretty much run the team or you can play through. Um, you know, you may have a problem if you run into if they let's say they lose the next two games. It's like oh, personality crisis. So, you know, that's that's really what I think about them. Like, I've I felt the same thing from the beginning with them. And it's just they always figure it out in the last like 10 to 12 games of the season. So we'll see, you know, between those games. OK, uh, emptying the bench. WNBA broadcasts. Why Uh-oh. do they suck and how can they be better? <laughs> Uh, no, but for for real, if you were going to if you're going to suggest some roundabout changes to improve the viewer experience of the WNBA broadcasts, where would you start? And let's start with uh, UMJ. I don't have something against them, mm-hmm. but ways to improve. I did take notes. Mm-hmm. I think that they should look at players from beyond the WNBA scope and look at them at college, any high school, like any basketball, and maybe show a clip like with the commercials or uh, at halftime, like at the beginning of halftime, boom, WNBA history, a player that's in the WNBA, whether she's active or she's retired. That way, the history of the game, people are abreast of the history of the game because I feel like they the the WNBA has been here for a minute, twenty five years. Yeah, <laughs> like that's that's some time, man. That's that's a lifetime. So, star. I would like to see definitely like to see know more about the history and yeah, and like what it was like to see what the do players you know? play, not just names, right? Like, what do you know about twenty years ago? If I ask a a common WNBA fan, what do you know about twenty years ago? They're gonna be like, um, <laughs> there there will be some that know. But I assume, you know, the audience that they're pretty much showcasing the game to is mm-hmm. young women, young girls, and they want him like, okay, let's say Cheryl Miller, she dropped the most points in the game. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, you need to show that type of stuff. You need to show it. And it, it, as, you know, as opposed to it being, you know, whatever recent players that's been in the league or 
rookies coming in. And, and as far as recent players, like five years, within the last five years, like showcase the history of the game. I don't care if it's six years ago. Mm-hmm. Show show the links in the, Le- the Lakers, the Sparks, <laughs> or go all the way back and show uh, something Cheryl Reeves is doing. Like show the game, show the game. So that way we know the body of the game. Like it's time for the body to be explored. I feel like. And that's that's really all I got. Okay. How about you, Becky? I like that idea. That's a good one. I think I had two. Uh, I have a lot of notes, but um, <laughs> one kind of overall note is I find the broadcast lack all creativity and personality. Mm. Like it is really just the most basic sports broadcast they only have the exact like every element you need like every element and like, they need the sixth more. broadcast of the year go yeah, in becky there's nothing like creative about it league pass occasionally does does things but they do the same clips over and over and over again mm-hmm. often spotlighting the same players they'll do these clips of the week and it might not even be from the right week and they'll mispronounce <laughs> names like it's like really um, it's a really like watered down version of a sports broadcast. It's, it's like we do this because we have to. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and I think there's a huge opportunity to get creative with it and draw on so many of the like cool WNBA creators that are doing things to market the WNBA. Like the WNBA's marketing media stuff is so bad. It's so bad. I don't know. Bless whoever's trying to do it. I'm sure they're working hard or maybe they're not. I don't they, know. They probably get like a zero budget. You know, yeah. Little. <laughs> but all of the cool WNBA content you're seeing, none of it's produced by the WNBA. And why not mm. take inspiration of some of that to, to do interesting halftime things, whether it's about W history or highlighting players who never played in the game, but are just great basketball athletes. And I think, yeah, I think they're just like not thinking out of the box in the slightest in the broadcast. They're just doing the bare minimum to get by. And the one area where they're not even doing the bare minimum, which drives me freaking nuts every time, like after a game like the Liberty Sky game, there's a one minute after the game where they do a quick interview with the player and then it's just like, the game that's it we're out moving on <laughs> or if it's on tv it's just like you're just gone through this whole thing and then now it's bowling or whatever and mm-hmm. to not have any after shows yep. um that just seems like a yeah. really i said the same thing and you know I, if they I can't get it agree. broadcast like put them out on league pass get I some creators agree. and have a 20 minute after show where they're just mm-hmm. talking about the game you took it right from my notes too because i said the wnba basically needs a show like the inside the nba and what i say call it inside the wnba and start it when tarasi retires pay her what she wants that's that's my notes pay her (laughs) what she wants to be on because she she would be the charles barkley of the show (laughs) i don't know i've seen goat chat i i'm I'm ready for something else (laughs) Yeah. Was, okay okay Go no ahead. but yeah i i i mean I, 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 the general gist of it i i agree with you guys it just it needs to be there needs to be something uh more creative all the way around and that includes yeah that includes like you can you have so many people out here who love the game yeah it's like just whatever you know whatever you're putting towards 
towards marketing. Just send some that way. They do need to spend a lot more on marketing, especially for something that is so brand, 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 which is what Kathy has been pushing at the WNBA as a brand. Then having you know a group of creators ready to come in and talk about it. You got LaChina out there. You have Terika. You have Ari Ivory. You have a number of people who have a great following. And Shout out to Terika. Yeah, I mean, and, and can talk about the WNBA. You have a lot of independent creators. You have us. We could sit there for 20 minutes and chat about a game that could just happen. I mean, gradually, the, the Coinbase would throw us out eventually. But, you know, it's just there's there's a number we of people who love it. We wouldn't make it past the back. We wouldn't make it past process. the first episode. But we would have one <laughs> glorious episode. <laughs> no, but yeah, but I'm just saying that you have just a number of people who can come out and talk about the game that just happened. Uh, and some of them even work for the NBA. Mark Schindler does amazing content uh, on the website. He, he does Shout a lot. out to Mark. Mark is, Mark is wonderful. He, yeah, he's, man. he's a joy. Uh, Good Lord. but yeah, he could, he could come on and, and point out some things. Uh, you could have, it's a, there's the WNBA is also a great opportunity to educate people, not only about its history, uh, not only about like, um, you know, Title IX, other things, which always seem to get mentioned as sound bites, but never really delved into in to any extent. If you want to be a platform, you want to market yourself as a platform that reaches out to women, then you can put something into that. Not doing lengthy interviews during while the game is happening, which is absolutely demeaning to both the players and the fans who have decided to tune in for it. But that's the kind of thing where you put together a number of things like that, a number of highlight packages, a number of historical packages, your commercials are filled up and you don't have to repeat yourself 30,000 times. So, uh, so let me, let me, uh, let me interject. Mm-hmm. Is this something that is because of the current CBA? Because do you have to have things pay for in order to be able to produce them and put them out to the public? Like. No. The, the the NBA has it where they can do interviews before the game is resuming or they'll they'll let it drag into the game like five or 10 seconds or whatever. Should, I'm not talking about players they... like players on the court. I'm talking yeah. about that. They they're interviewing George Carl, who's an NBA coach yeah. for the entire third quarter of a Seattle Storm game, which is should never happen. But uh, they, cut him down. Kathy goes out there and goes and talks her. Are we really <laughs> teams are really worth forty million dollars? Spiel, uh, lengthy ten minutes, fifteen minutes of game time to to talk about this stuff when you could do it at halftime or you could do it. That's Go just off. I, I've 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 been so angry about this. I hate it when it happens, and it's happened like five or six times just in the past couple of weeks. It it drives me crazy. It's makes your product seem like you not you don't care about it especially when you're trying to say that we have a brand, the brand is the product. If you don't care and you're saying, oh, let's interview people who are not related to the NBA or let's talk about our market capitalization during the actual game, then you're saying that the game isn't important and you would rather do this message. They talked to a tennis player and the tennis player, uh, God bless him, whoever he was, was more interested in the game than he was into talking to the into talking to the uh, announcers. This was in Washington, and they find they 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 finally said, "Okay, we're going to let you get back to your seat and be a fan." Ha 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 ha! Yeah, how about us? That's a good one. That's a good one. 
I, shout out to that guy, whoever he was, because he was just like way interested in the game and he didn't he had wanted nothing to do with the interview. God bless him. And <laughs> yeah, but in any case, like like you said, it's just a lack of creativity. And if you're gonna put money into something beyond just improving some of the teams out there, the the broadcasts just don't look that great. They are they have been improved over recent seasons. Phoenix always looks terrible. Just there's got to be a standard for for one presenting your game. But secondly, a, as much as I want to complain about announcers and not getting names right and everything, I think just the creativity in in doing these other things and showcasing things that that are interesting and cool, you know, once or twice a game, they could go back to a not I wouldn't call it a studio show, but somebody out there who is analyzing the game and can do like a little play by play thing or something like that, uh, maybe as a bumper coming in from from the quarters and just showcasing a cool play and going, hey, look, look at this. Uh, here is a pick and roll play, blah, blah, blah. You can see what Ali Quigley did over here. You can see what Gabby Williams did over here and da, 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 da. You could do that a couple of times a game. You can have that going on throughout the day, going back to the same person. Uh, it's really cheap. You just got to hire somebody and give them a telestrator and then just put the broadcast onto them. And it's something that people can actually kind of look forward to. Um, if, if they're, they're interested and they can learn something, if they don't understand the game and they want to, you know, and then you're like, oh, here's, here's the horn set. And you can see what these two players do and how this player moves and goes through that. And that's how they scored this basket because there's a lot of cool stuff that goes on behind the scenes. And if you're not, if you're only following the ball, you're not seeing all this other stuff and the announcers and the, the, uh, you know, whoever the, the play-by-play and the, the other person who, who handles it aren't necessarily going into that stuff. They're just kind of like, yeah, what a great basket. <laughs> great pick. I mean, that's about as deep as the analysis goes sometimes. It, yeah. just be, it would just be good to educate people as they're watching it. They can learn something about basketball. They can learn something about the WNBA, about the history, about uh, Title IX, the women's movement. They can learn about the social justice stuff. And you can just have like a lot of these things set up so you're not getting the same damn thing. Uh, I do not need to see goat chat ever again in my life because it doesn't really do any of these things. And especially if you're a new fan, you're getting into it and you're going to be like, why are these two women talking about their kids? Radio. <laughs> <About> Leo. <laughs> radio, Leo. Ladies and, radio. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, radio. That's his name. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm tired. <laughs> Go off. <laughs> Go off. <laughs> That's 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 where I'm at. I think Becky you nailed it. They just more creativity is is the thing that needs to happen. Just to dedicate somebody to to coming up with ideas for these broadcasts. Using you can use available resources, or you can have just somebody creative people put stuff together. I'm sure they would love to come on there and after a WNBA game, even if it's only on League Pass and you're not on network television, you don't have to make way for bowling or horseshoes or whatever the hell on ESPN or CBS, whatever, the CBS Sports Network thing. And just, you, you got a little extra stuff after the game. You could talk about it. And, and that could also be where you show plays and you show cool things and how the coaches work and ATOs and all that good stuff from people who know what they're talking about. I, I think it's in the CBA. They, they need to, <laughs> they need to hire TNT and, and do what I said. And maybe not uh, Tarasi to start, but when she retires, 
they probably will and and i will hate every minute they, of they it, but that's okay it. they need it they need it like yeah you're i mean it's, it's probably a good idea right everybody loves charles barkley and i'm just like the lone curmudgeon who's like i don't want to hear this guy talk anymore but thank yeah. thanks i mean well him yeah. but charles funny he's <laughs> funny he to is me. yeah he's still funny to me but i think diana tarasi could match his ener- like the type of energy he brings to a show mm-hmm. and put it on the inside the WNBA show and yep. and make that a thing and uh yeah uh miss montgomery bring her there <laughs> oh my yeah. renee would be a good one for i was trying to think yeah renee's would be renee, a good renee would be really good player to do shaft and a fool but wba yeah. style because that's yeah, one of my so favorite tv shows diana renee Ray, renee and, would never do and, it for any dream players though she would <laughs> I, I, and that's fine that's cool she could she could do that you know who will be really good after too. after she retires at this is cool. Skylar. Uh, uh, mm. there you go. They so did Skyler, have one segment Phoenix? that they played like <laughs> over and over and over again with her and and Chris Paul talking about a couple mm. plays. Like she'd be good like for explaining plays. She, I mean, obviously, is, like Candace yeah. Parker already does this for the NBA, yeah, so she would yeah, be an it, obvious there you go. one. There you go. And to pull the over to the member. WNBA too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Candace Skyler, DT, and Renee Montgomery. Oh, Renee Montgomery, right? Maybe Sue, maybe Sue could come in, but uh, well, with mm, her Muppet sweaters. Maybe Candace stays with the <laughs> NBA and it's Sue. So Sue, yeah. DT, Sky, and Renee. That would. <laughs> yeah. I would watch it. I would watch yeah, it. <laughs> I would watch it too, because Renee has so much energy. I think she can carry it to any set. Any group of people and and string it however she does and then whatever and it would allow us to make on... uh, tampering jokes all the time yeah <laughs> yeah it would. all right does anybody have anything else before we sign off i would just like to offer my services as a consultant yeah on an independent contractor <laughs> basis i could yeah. draft the agreement myself it'll be very fair it'll protect your confidential information she's a lawyer I will just <laughs> yes <laughs> and i will just consult and and give you give the WBA great ideas on how to make it more interesting i'll charge a very um, reasonable fee i i am offering the same thing just let me <laughs> give me a chance to wipe my twitter account uh and <laughs> And then I'll come on and I'll, I'll say anything you want. You just tell me, tell me what you want, Spin, and uh, I will lie about it for money. So I'll just be this new Twitter account, this like Scamp Wilson. <laughs> Waps yeah. Milson. You guys got funny clothes and mine is all crazy serious. We have to, we have to, we have to. We have to do it for the bumpers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I always joke about making a burner account for Bobo Coco. And I oh, will. Uh-oh. Uh- <laughs> That's where I'll have all like our my negative Bobo WBA Coco. takes. Like Bobo Coco just says mean shit all the time. The <laughs> well, I'm going to end on a, a halfway serious note. Mm. Um, and it might be more. It's, it's probably serious for the WNBA players. Mm. But... <laughs> I think that they should talk about the CBA being changed a little bit quicker than, than, you know. Well, it's up after what is it, 2026? No, it's 2027, oh, but it's, it's up. Uh, 27. Uh, Boo. They can opt out in 2025. <laughs> so nah, we only, we, we only really have three more years of this. We need to play a strike new CBA right now. Cause it's more sponsors coming in. Mm-hmm. And I just, 
with the whole BG thing, I'm caring about the safety and just making sure the players are paid enough to, for, you know, so they can live. Why, yeah. why do you have to play in a WNBA? Then as soon as you get done, you go overseas. Then when you're overseas, you can't even come back on time. Yeah. That's not, not good. Imagine that happening in NBA. Like, oh, I'm missing training camp. Oh, I'm going to miss the first seven games. Hmm. <laughs> That's not a good thing for the yeah. product. So we need to make sure the women get paid what they're supposed to get paid, what they're worth, and they're worth more. Yeah. And that's, that's why I got very annoyed about the Kathy interviews. Cause she keeps saying like players choose to go overseas. They want to, they don't. They <laughs> like, love playing basketball yeah. for 12 and months of the year. She said yeah. this thing that More I thought was just, like so patronizing where she's yeah. like, prioritization is just, you got to show up for work on time. And it's like, Kathy, you know, it's not, they like don't want to show up for work on time. <laughs> like, right. Right. It's just like they're, treating they're it like getting that, like, paid. oh, it's so basic. Like, it's not that hard of a requirement. It's like, no, you make this a difficult requirement because they're not paid enough and they have to go overseas. Yeah, they're um, going overseas. They're showing up for that job on time because right. that's the, the, that's the job paying. that pays them. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, they are showing just, up for their, their job on time. Dumb, man. And they need, yeah. to, they need to get that together ASAP, mm -hmm. especially the flights. No reason, no, I'm, I'm not, that's going to be a rant for me. So, <laughs> all right, we'll save that one. We'll save yeah. that one. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys. Thank you everybody out there listening. This has been the sixth podcast of the year. Ah. I don't know why I made that voice, but okay. Uh, for yeah, Michael okay. ah. James Tolliver, <laughs> Becky Robococo, Coco Radio. Wilson. Radio. I need to take a throat lozenge. You sound like um Randy Savage right now. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh no, we cannot do the wrestlers again. <laughs> this has been the sixth podcast of the year. Everybody, peace out. Peace out. Goodbye. <laughs>